2: Aaron Rodgers' season is officially over, but yours has just begun with MyBookie. NFL College Ball. Brand new cash out system that gives you the best options to win all season long. You hit the first two legs of your parlay. Guess what? You can cash out early, place another bet, or let it ride for a bigger payday. Join us the entire season at mybookie.ag, or you can scan the QR code right next to me. The link is in the description of this video and/or podcast, however you're watching or listening. But Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code 49ERS49ERS on your first deposit of 50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's 49ERS, that's the promo code, to claim your bonus now. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. And I mean anywhere. You can bet anywhere. I've lived in California for eight years. Bet anywhere. I mean it. Head over there with My bookie.
1: You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers Goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez.
3: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, September 13th. Which means it's the Steph and John and Wayne show, which means we're about to have some fun. We're about to start your morning off right. Fellas, talk to me. How are we feeling today?
2: I could not feel better. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's it's victory week all week, whenever you crush somebody on the road and you just dominate. And it we felt like, you know, you titled this show and we're gonna jump into that. We do. We do. Mm-hmm. And here we are, I'm pumped, with the man himself, Wayne Breezy. Steph, it's always good to Yo. see you. You're, you're incredible. Steph, it's good to
4: be here. John, it's good to see you again. Man, listen, I, I'm more than pumped, but I'm ready to go to L.A. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to do it again. You know, it's nothing like getting a victory, a sweet, sweet victory at that, but it's time to do it again. And we are who we thought we were. So I can't wait to get down to this episode.
3: How? How was the energy in Pittsburgh? Because I know there were so many 49er fans there. I was actually impressed. Like, I know they travel well, but goddamn, how how was that? Like, towards the end of the game, I'm sure it was just all 49er fans, right? It, the,
4: the energy was so electrifying. And, you know, when you have the faithful chanting at the stadium and it's over drowning the, the Pittsburgh Steeler fans, that speaks volumes that speaks so many volumes. So the faithful was just, they were, they were in attendance. They were loud. They were proud. Uh, and we show up. Uh, I think that's what we do. And not only do we show up, we show out. And it's probably something you're going to want to be there. You got you to gotta experience it. And it's something I expect every time we travel.
2: You know, I, I think there's like two different types of games. There, There's blowout games. Then there's like come down to the wire games. Like I think all games kind of fit into those, you know, caveats. The Niners are kind of getting used to this whole blow everybody out thing. You have to go all the way back to week 10 last year. There has been two regular season games in the last nine that have been within a touchdown. That's it. Niners are just dominating this regular season, whether it's last year when CMC and Brock Purdy took over, all the way to this year, and so... I don't know. I think there's a different field. There's that nail biting heartbreak kids, which we, we saw in 2019 and 2021. It, but since 22 has taken over, the Niners have been this just dominant force. So at the end of the game, I'd say probably half the Steelers fans already left. They were gone. We had no Steelers fans around us. It was just empty. I had my feet out over the seat in front of me. You know what I'm talking about? Like I was just like stretched out. I was feeling good. Um, And so it it was great in the atmosphere afterwards before Pittsburgh was a one. If you are ever concerned about wearing Niner stuff at an away game, go to the Steelers. They treat people right there. Amazing fan base, amazing city.
3: Yeah, it looked like a, a really nice city. I'll have to make it out to a game sometime because I was feeling the FOMO and I'm already feeling it for week two because um, I won't be out there at Levi's, but you guys will be. So you'll, so you'll be the eyes on the ground and I'll have to ask you about it next week. I already know there's going to be a ton of 49 ers fans there as well. There'll be some robots too uh, from what I heard. But, <laughs> <laughs> but look, okay, this game, we, we knew that the 49ers were going to be good, right? This season but we were concerned still about the slow starts. And so we didn't have to worry about that in this game because as soon as the game started, that that worry just kind of went away in, in as soon as the first quarter. So I want to start talking about the offense because, yeah, I think, you know, blowing the Steelers out started with the offense being able to put up points and be so dominant. And the defense too, but we'll talk about them more in a bit. I want to start with Brandon Ayuk. He told us he was going to take off this year. And if you didn't believe him, you're looking all types of crazy right now. He is him. He's a straight up dog. And you can see that the chemistry with Brock Purdy has grown to a new level this year. And I think that's going to allow Brandon Ayuk to take his game to a whole nother level because to this point, he's just been scratching the surface. He's been getting open since last year, since a year before that. No one was throwing him the football. But now you have a guy in Brock Purdy who is willing to throw it, and he can make those tough throws as, you know, one of those touchdowns that we saw, right? That back shoulder one was beautiful. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from this connection, and I think we're going to see it all year.
2: Yeah, I I think one of the things that Brock Purdy does really, really well, which people don't talk about, is he could read the linebackers incredibly well. And so if you go through the film, the All-22, it's so fun, and you see him picking on linebackers and safeties. And so you'll see him turn to the left, and he'll read that side linebacker, and if he flares with CMC – Guess what? That's going to leave a gap for the wide receiver on that side, which usually Kyle Shanahan's whole game plan this week seemed to be flare CMC to Iuke, Allow the linebacker to chase CMC or allow the linebacker to help out with IUK. You go where the linebacker does it. It's so simple, but with all of the misdirection and pre-snap alignments, Niners had the most shifts in the NFL pre-snap. Shanahan just sets those up to where it's easy ABC type read for Brock Purdy. And, you know, we, we love Jimmy G, and he won so many games here. But we would always walk away from those games with this, man, how can he not see that linebacker? And so you get this Jimmy G-type player and quick read, quick release, and efficient, but you're eliminating so many of those mistakes. And, you know, it, again, not trying to bash Jimmy G. I love Jimmy G. But you just see this thing go to the next level. And a lot of that has to do with just Brock Purdy, that IU connection. I don't think he's done. I really do think that this season he's going to continue to show out.
4: Yeah, I think I think Brock Purdy is is something special, right? Like, I mean, he's not going. I, I'm not saying Brock Purdy can't come out here and throw for 400 yards uh, a game here or there, but. I don't think he. I, I real. I think he realizes that he doesn't need to. I think he understands his role. He understands what he's great at. He understands there's going to be times to dial it up. But Brock Purdy is helping make this offense tick. And when you're built and stacked with a bunch of weapons, and and you know what? I'm not even going to use the word weapon anymore. I'm going to call them toys. Brock Purdy is literally <laughs> playing at F A O Schwartz like he was in the movie uh, Big with my man uh, Tom Hanks. Right. Like this is exactly what he. I have this toy I could play with. I got that transform over there. I got the Voltron right here. I got an I, I he, Brock Purdy is having fun playing football. And that's something that I, we haven't seen in a very very long time. Being a quarterback in the NFL is strenuous, it's tedious. It, it it can stress you to hell out, especially when things aren't going right and and injuries and all this. Brock Purdy looked like he was having fun and he showed it on the very first drive when he's able to drive his team down there. And so, it's time to start giving Brock Purdy some respect. I'm not putting and saying he's the greatest elite quarterback of all time, but he's making this offense fun. He's making it tick. And every fan in the stadium, should not, they don't have to hold their breath every time Brock mm-hmm. Purdy goes out there and the offense travels out on the field. You started it off with Brandon Ayuk, and I just want to say, Steph, the dude is an alien. Like literally, and you're right, he's been doing it for at least the past, the last season. I wouldn't say that they weren't throwing him in the ball, even though he was kind of like fourth because he still got over a thousand yards. But this is the thing if I'm the defenses, it's time to start doubling this guy. Now, I'm not saying that they, I don't, I want them to, but if they don't, I, Expect Brandon Ayuk to take off every single game. Why? He's not running all the crazy streaks down the field and all these. De- He's getting open. He's running five yards, seven yards, slants, crossing routes, this is that in the third. And Brock is finding him. And that's what the 49ers, that's what Brandon Ayuk adds, his element to the offense. And when you got Debo, you got Christian McCaffrey, these defenses really don't know who to defend. So they got to pick their poison. Kyle Shanahan has an arsenal of toys in his toy chest. Brock Purdy can choose whoever it is he wants to get it to. This 49ers offense is finally looking like a 49ers offense.
3: And This was a relatively... A, like quiet game for Kittle and Debo Kittle, of course, coming off that injury. So they wanted to take it slow. It didn't even look like he was a hundred percent out there most of the time, but that that's the point, right? Like there's so many weapons that they could still score 30 points and make it look easy with not having to use everyone. And right. it's going to be like that week in and week out, there's going to be different guys who step up and there's going to be favorable matchups, you know, each and every week. That Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk 19 yard touchdown at the front corner of the end zone that had the lowest completion probability of any throw in Week One just a 16.5 um, percent completion probability on sounds that sounds like one. my
2: GPA in high school. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, and you know you know why it was so low though is because Patrick Peterson was on Brandon Ayuk that was excellent That's great coverage coverage. And Brock Purdy just dropped it in exactly where it needed to go. I mean, that that was as tight of a window as you can get it. He dropped it right in the bread basket. So, I mean, again, it goes to show that there are some things that Purdy clearly has been working on. You know, we, we saw him attempt one of those back shoulder throws in the preseason. It didn't look all that great. Um, it was an incompletion. But now I think we're seeing it start to develop with both of these guys. But-
2: I I want to add real quick before we jump off IU, if that's okay. Me too, same here. I, yeah. I, I, you, Steph, you can't ask all these awesome questions and expect me and Wayne not to go <laughs> off on tangents. You asked us here, and we're going to yeah. be. And I apologize. You're the absolute best. Um, and I just want to say thank you again, Steph, for putting all this together. Uh, Wayne and I are probably two of your biggest fans. Love everything that you do for the community, and so just want to say thank you for letting us be here. Now, one thing that I am not concerned about. But if you looked at Pittsburgh last week, top three man team, what they do on defense. They yes, play sir. man defense. That's yes, where Ayuk shines. Next week against the Rams, one of the top zone, zone. teams. Yes, sir. So if Ayuk goes off this week against the Rams again, you just throw out whatever you want. It's Iuk season. He can do it for everybody. I think they'll highlight a little more Kittle, a little more Debo, a little more CMC in the passing game moving forward for week two. Uh, you Remember, Kittle always destroys the the rams that's it's it's made for him he's a zone beater so i think not that we fade ayuk this week but that the matchups usually schematically Will dictate highlight some of those other players. Tag me in. Tag me in. Tag me in. Okay, <laughs> and, he-
4: in. and 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 here we go. Right, <laughs> because you talked about him beating zone. I guess and guess what? The Rams definitely played a lot of zone, and that's what they do. But guess what? Ayuk did even in those games against the Rams. He found a hole to beat the zone. I will say Jimmy G was getting the ball to Brandon Ayuk. Like he he literally was. Why? Because he was finding a small spot, and then by boom, by the bang, Brandon Ayuk was taking the ball, helping to stretch the field. Now, he didn't get the touchdowns, but he was still highly effective. So the touchdown guy might be a little bit different this week, but Brandon Ayuk's presence on the football field is still going to be somewhat effective because, like Steph said at the very beginning, he's just a dog. It's just what he does. And so, no, there might not be man coverage because they know they're going to get beat, but I will say this. The 49ers' wide receivers, they're just a different. They're just different. Like, they're more in depth in this offense they understand the concepts they know how to get open even even you said Debo was was somewhat ineffective his five catches and 55 yards was highly effective why the way he was extending plays getting third down uh reception like all that type of stuff help the 49ers offense continue to tick each piece is going to be utilized and they just have to continue to take advantage of what the defenses are giving them and the one thing i like about brock purdy he doesn't force things i do want to throw just a, a slight bit of, of, of because I, I'm an old school football player and and I love Patrick Peterson. is one of my favorite uh, defensive players in the league. Yo, Brandon Ayuk is just a better wide receiver, period. End of discussion. But when Patrick Peterson was on some of the other guys, he played some damn good defense. I'm talking about making sure Jawan Jennings didn't catch a pass. And how about that tip dive pass when George Kittle was, uh he was open, it, just, it, it was just good defense. But when you're playing against a monster or an alien like Brandon Ayuk, I just don't think anybody in the league is going to be able to cover him. Not even greedy. Not, not not even my man Sauce. And I love some Sauce. So this is going to be fun to watch them go against this zone, this zone defense. Which I watched the Rams game and film at least three times, at least because I wanted to see kind of like, eh. Where, they, How they're going to yeah. play this year Last year was different They had Bobby Wagner They had some different pieces back there This year it's a little different
3: Yeah we'll talk more about the Rams in a bit But I mean I, I think you said it Patrick Peterson is still a great corner And even despite that Brock Purdy, Ayuk Were able to make him look silly on a couple of those So um, props to those two guys Brock Purdy On pass attempts Between 10-19 to 19 yards he was 9 of 10, 151 yards. And, of course, his two touchdowns were intermediate passes as well. Throwing past the sticks, he had a perfect 158.3 passer rating. Um, and that just speaks to, you know, Purdy being able to take this offense at a slightly different level. You're, you're seeing... You're seeing more risks being taken, but I think they're smart risks. He's a very smart player. He's able to look off defenders. Uh, we saw that plenty in, in the tape from Sunday's game. Um, on CamBR on Tuesday, Ayuk said of Brock Purdy, quote, he always plays with ex- extreme poise, but also with urgency. He's always on point and ready to go. He plays with that swag, and that leads all the way down to the rest of the offense and the rest of the team. He has it, end quote. I mean, we know, we know watching Brock Purdy, like the, it's a feeling, it's a feeling we get. It's just like a feeling of comfort, a feeling of knowing that this guy, he's going to do something on this play. It it is going to be positive, you know, more often than not, Nick Bosa said after the game that Purdy is who we thought, who we thought he was. So I think based on last year, we said the same thing, right? But, Then the injury happened in the off season where, you know, in the off season we have way too much time to overthink. And so maybe we started to think, you know, he was due for some regression. He was going to take a step back and week one going against the Steelers. He was going to come back down to earth, yada, yada, all this stuff. He shut the haters up. He shut the doubt up, the questions up. And I understand it's just week one, but, that game did not show any signs of Brock Purdy taking any steps back. If anything, I think he's, he's taking steps forward and improving his game.
0: This is the story of The Wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
4: Yeah, very interesting that you said that. I mean from a statistical point, it doesn't really look like he's taking that step forward. But from a mental aspect, from, from a physical aspect, he's playing great football, right? He's still not losing. <laughs> like, he's still performing like the way he was. All I asked for Brock Purdy to do this year was continue what he was doing last year. But if you look at the way he's throwing the ball into even some of those tight windows and taking chances on those fade routes and things like that, yeah, he is improving. And so his confidence is... hasn't slid a little bit. Like his confidence is the key. If you want to know why Brock Purdy has the it factor, it's because he's very confident. And I can't wait till he makes a mistake and shows you how confident he is to overcome the adversity from the mistake. It's not going to be peachy and creamy all season long, but then again, it could be. 49ers could be just that dominant, just like the Philadelphia Eagles were last season. So we're going to see something and witness something we've probably never even seen before. And and, and and it starts with Brock and his confidence. And you can see when he's out on the football field, Steph, that may have gotten even greater because he's overcoming the UCL surgery and the injury to his elbow, right? He's overcoming that. And he got hit twice in the elbow in this game and said, F y'all, I'm still going to get up and do it. And then on top of that, he said, you know what? You guys are going to play pass coverage on me, no doubt. Let me show you how smart I am. It's going to run up the middle. And did you see him put the jukey-jukes on the defender? Shout out to Spencer Burfrick on that. block. That was the best play he made all game two, by the way. And then he got down, and then he did the first <laughs> I'm telling you, Pur- Purdy is nice. He always has been nice, and that's the key. He just has to continue being confident, not cocky, big difference, and continue to go out there and, and, and take advantage of what the defenses are giving him. And if he does that, the sky's the limit for this 49ers team.
2: You know, the one play that shocked me, I didn't pick up on this during, you know, at the game when we were there, was that f- fourth and one on the first drive, right? George Kittle, baby. So yeah. it's fourth and one. And we, I, it's going to be a run play. We don't know. But you go back and you watch the all 22 and you see him. He's just like, he's like standing with his weight on one foot. He calls, like, a motion, and his shoulders are all relaxed. It's fourth and one. It's about to be a play-action pass out to the flats, which is not an easy completion. And he's just, you know, going motion. He plays with his towel a little bit, calls it, and just, like, relax. And it's just, like, dude's playing a pickup game on Thanksgiving with his nieces and nephews out there. And so, like, how do you do that to start the regular season, very first opening drive, fourth and one. Shanahan calls a play-action you know, play for you. And he's just chilling. Um, and, and so there's just some of those components that you can't measure at the combine. Can't do any of those things. It's just an it factor. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go because the whole time in Wayne and step both, you guys said this, can Brock continue what he was doing? Can, can he not take a step back? It's just calm, cool, collected, and there's going to be bad games. He had two tur- turnover-worthy plays. Some teams are going to capitalize on those, especially whenever he's doing like 50-50 balls to IUK, which are working, which are great. Eventually, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. Turnovers are going to come, but at this rate of turnovers, 49ers are going to be able to win a lot of games.
3: Yeah, I absolutely think so. Let me get to some of these comments here. Shout out Bobo for the donation. Uh, You guys hear rumors of trading Darnold back to Jets. I don't think that's going to happen. I know the 49ers worked out Ian Book, uh, but Ian Book signed to, I think, the Patriots this morning. um, And I don't think that was anything indicative of the 49ers, like, trading someone uh so i don't think that's gonna happen it's uh it's a funny joke though you know training darnell back to the jets yeah. would be kind of hilarious. if they
2: offer a second then i'd have that conversation but Someone's with the team a second for Darnold.
4: Exactly. that's why we're not yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. That's... it's got it's got to be an offer that they can't refuse right Kind of
2: like what yeah. they did with jeff wilson last year like hey it, it, man exactly give us a fifth rounder for him exactly they, always contract expiring year like, no, then we don't want to trade him. Oh, you and, will pay it? Cool, let's do it.
4: And, and and I want to add, like, it's not even a rumor. It's just a hypothetical thing. I, I, I know I put it out there. I did a show on it yesterday. It's just something that would be really funny to watch Sam Darnold go back to the team that drafted him and help his team win. I mean, now that team is pretty much built and stacked on the offense. They got a crazy defense, and they got a great head coach. So it would be funny to see it, but the offer would have to, like, really blow the 49ers out. And I tell you what. I think the jets even give you know wilson a try but come week five week six by that trade deadline they may get desperate yeah. like if they're trying to contest so we'll it, it's not a rumor it's nothing really but the 49ers have a, a you know they have somebody that they may be interested in so we'll see what happens i know jets fans don't care they they want him back i've i've talked to many of them they wouldn't mind i bet you won't he's been in kyle shanahan's offense all preseason <laughs> He had to have learned something He had to have learned something
2: right (laughs) Remember this is a team That started the ghost of Joe Flacco For like several games Like they're going to go old school It's going to be Nick Foles Carson Wentz Talk to Matt Ryan Like they want like an old veteran guy And you know I've had a lot of like Oh if we still had Trey Lance There's no way they would trade for Trey Lance Because you don't want two young Underdeveloped promising quarterbacks You need a vet presence there um, so even if we still did have Trey Lance, I don't think that that trade would even make sense for the Jets personally, yeah,
3: yeah for sure. Terror Dome shout out you. He said, I'm the Dame Dash of Brockefeller Records. I like that Brockefeller Records. That's a good name for a fantasy team. Just saying that is a ty, great
4: name for a fantasy team
3: ty this this comment had me cracking up. He said Brock Purdy runs like Lamar Jackson if Lamar had no seasoning. Come on, man,
4: <laughs> listen. Listen, it, there was a cut he did. I don't know that the, the chicken is chicken, and and the way he cut on that on that field was nice. Now the way he fell down, I'm like, all right, there's no seasoning. I get it, I get it. But the <laughs> move, no the the read was good, the cut was good, the run was good, the get down was a little bit awkward. Yeah. Uh, just got a slide feet for I. The, I'm sure Brock didn't play much baseball, or maybe he did. He just got to get that slide down. You get that down. Let's go. And here's what's crazy, right? If that's a, if, if that's an element, we haven't really seen that element, right? We haven't seen him drop back, read the coverage. Oh, all my guys are covered. Remember, this is a quick throw, quick read type of offense. Uh, the offensive line isn't asked to block for 4.5 four, seconds. They're just yeah. not. You just got to get the ball. If he sees that and he starts doing that, I mean, I got my first take was like a flash of dangerous, right? Like, I, I was like, wait a minute. If he's adding that to his game, Oh, snap, right? And I'm not saying I want him to do it every game, but to keep hope and drives alive, if he sees it open and it's the it's the great Red Sea split right in front of him and he takes it, that's confident. That's, that's Brock being confident and smart and saying, hey, man, I can get a first down right here on the run with my feet. Nobody's going to tackle me. You got to worry about the big fellas falling on him, whatever. So that's good for Brock. It's good for the team, good for the organization.
3: Callie said, ask Minka if Purdy is unseasoned. I think he's talking Ooh. about that one play where Minka came in as a free rusher and Purdy waited to the last second, baited him into you know getting real close, and then hit him with that spin move uh, to his left. That was nice. That had a lot of seasoning on it, uh, but we're going to need some seasoning on the slides. I do agree with that. Um, Brock Purdy, first quarterback in NFL history to win in each of his – first six regular season career starts while also throwing two or more touchdowns in each of those starts. He has never had a passer rating below 87.6 in Raging. nine games where he played at least 60% of the snaps. I saw um a couple people, in fact, Ty, I'm gonna call you out again. Uh, he said from a production standpoint, he definitely did not raise a bar. I'll say this, there was a point in the game where the the game was already decided. The 49ers didn't, Brock Purdy didn't need to do too much after that. Um, And for the most part, they were running the football with Christian McCaffrey, which was also working very well. So, I mean, I think one of the things that I saw that improved, like I said, I think he's holding defenders a little bit better. He wasn't escaping clean pockets. I think there was better pocket presence uh, from what I saw in this week one game. So, little things that's improving there's another thing i want to point out nick wagner uh tweeted this out 49ers averaged just 2.74 yak per completion that was 31st in the nfl and second lowest yak output by the 49ers since kyle shanahan arrived in 2017 because there's a lot of the reason i point that out is because there's a lot of people who think oh well You know, Brock Purdy gets helped out by this offense, and he does. Like, let's not act like this isn't the best, you know, pass catching group, one of the best pass catching groups in all the NFL. But he didn't have Yak to help him out in this game. So there was still a lot of production from the 49ers offense altogether. It's a different way to win. And I think that shows growth in the 49ers offense as a whole, as well, because they're, they're starting to zig while the rest of the league was zagging, right? They're, I feel like the league was starting to catch up to what the 49ers were doing. At least they tried. But, like, now I, I see some new wrinkles. Yeah. And,
4: and it's just another element of Kyle Shanahan having one up on the league, right? And so if you're thinking we're going to just be a yak team, good. Because we can still beat you that way. But they rushed the ball very well. And, and to get back to Ty's comment, I mean, the production wasn't asked to be greater. But there's still there were still opportunities if the 49ers would have executed properly and capitalized off this score would have been 50 something or whatever so like then then the production would have been higher right but we were in the red zone we we scored right and so the 49ers did exactly what they needed to do on the road to get a victory and i mean there's a bunch of ifs and shoulda coulda woulda's but i mean if the defense doesn't make a mistake then it's probably the defense pitches a shutout I just feel like Steve Wilkes isn't even getting his credit to him calling a great game defensively. So that's a whole nother monster. But back to the offensive side, the production, no, it wasn't great, but it didn't have to be. It was effective. And I think that's the key to Brock. He's effective, right? He's efficient. If you add those words, that's all we're asking him to do. We're asking him to be efficient. We're asking him to keep plays alive, keep drives alive, keep the long drives going. We'll get points special teams was on point, the offense was on point, the defense was on point, the 49ers coaching was on point and they won 30 to 7 in an hostile environment on the road. Yeah.
2: And I think a lot of it too. We talked about man coverage earlier. The 49ers played they had two screen plays. One of them was dropped by Elijah Mitchell and was wide open. And so mm-hmm. you're you're winning in different ways. And so you have to go with what what makes Shanahan Shanahan is that how are you going to defend us? here's your vulnerabilities, we're attacking those. We don't have to do Debo screen, Debo screen, Debo screen, CMC screen. And in man coverage, that doesn't work very well. So, like, yeah, obviously the yak and all those things, but good gosh. You put up 30 points on the road week one. Brock Purdy-led teams have scored over 30 in 7 out of 10 games.
1: And just Wayne, get ready
2: for yak in week 2. Yeah. Oh you
1: know, yeah, they going to yak can, yak and
4: bullyism uh if I, if that's a word. Like get ready yeah. for that cuz the 49ers like to say it's a when playing the Rams, it's a different will. It's a different mindset. And you know where it starts? With the head coach. Yeah. yeah so so get ready for a different mentality type of football game.
3: For sure. But Wayne, you you mentioned Steve Wilkes. Yeah. This is a perfect pivot to the defense now. Uh, new defensive coordinator. There were questions as to what the defense would look like with him leading the charge. I would say they look the same, maybe even a little bit better. And, and one thing we discussed in last week's show, we were wondering how much blitzing we would see. Mm-hmm. And when we talked about that, we had Nick Bosa missing the game when we said that. So I still think it was a question in our minds, given like Wilkes defenses and their history of high blitz rates on Sunday, they blitzed on 19.6% of the Steelers dropbacks. That was 23rd in the NFL in week one. So not much. And like, I just imagine Wilkes seeing what this defensive line was able to do while rushing just four and thinking, wait, I don't even have to blitz, like say less. And and I I remember, I think it was your tweet, John. I saw you mention Kenny Pickett's numbers last year against the Blitz were actually better than they were if you dropped guys didn't throw back. They
2: one in interception 100. all last year against the Blitz, not one. So that changed. it, it that ended changed up
3: working out for the 49ers, too. They they didn't have to blitz. They got pressure. Kenny Pickett looked uncomfortable most of the game. Uh, so I, I thought this defense looked great.
2: Yeah, and you know they blitz a total of 10 times on dropbacks, like you talked about, your 19%. And, yeah, can you pick it through his first interception against a blitz this this week, week one? Uh, He threw one interception against a four-man pressure. And so it worked. Now, how is that going to look going against Stafford? Stafford, historically, is by far one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL during his tenure against a blitz. You don't blitz that man. So do you keep the same thing and just kind of see what you're going to do there? Uh, because you know you Stafford didn't get sacked once last week their offensive line somebody asked me like man what's the Rams offensive line like I said and I don't mean this is a slight I said it's very similar to the 49ers if they didn't have Trent Williams and Aaron Banks like they have a lot of like good decent linemen that can kind of do a little bit of both but nobody that's really that good to great and I think Aaron Banks is good getting close to great and I think Trent Williams is great. The other three guys on the 49ers line kind of piecing it together. We'll see. That's the entire Rams O line, is how I feel. So, do you keep if you're Steve Wilts, do we stay? Uh, you know, do we do aggressiveness? Do we kind of stay back and just let us do our thing? I hope we don't blitz. I hope we blitz less next week. I don't know, Wayne. Are you kind of thinking the same thing? Or
4: I mean, look, I, I think there's going to be adjusting in this game. Uh, and and I feel like Steve is going to come out with his game plan. I think what Steve does is he trusts his players, and he's going to trust that defensive front and Chris Kosirik to have those guys ready to where he doesn't have to dial up a blitz. But I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up and shuts and punches (laughs) – the Rams in the mouth and sends a blitz on the first defensive play. Like there, there's so many things like, well, who fungus at the tone, like somebody on that defense is going to set the tone. And we know Fred Warner is going to bring the energy, but who's going to set the tone. Could it be Fred? Could it be a linebacker blitz on the first thing, letting you know that these linebackers are fast and fierce and they're coming. And so like, with the defensive line being as great as it is and with the addition of Nick Bosa just being back, I mean, the defensive line was phenomenal last week against a better, in my opinion, offensive line than what the Rams are going to have, right? But the Rams offensive line works for Stafford. And Stafford's experience and and just being able to get the ball, I, I watched Stafford do 49ers football last week and then when he didn't like that Stafford's a big play guy right he's gonna try to get the ball down the field but he doesn't have his big play guy he's not there anymore he has other guys he has to work with but i just feel like we might not see the blitz a lot and if we do it's gonna be perfectly timed um or if there needs to be adjustments made because there's no pressure from the front you might see the blitz a lot so like i can't really call it i think steve wilkes was in his bag week one and i think he's gonna be in his bag week two I want to see how well Wilkes can adjust if things aren't going according to plan, and this might be a week where things may not go according to his game plan. And then, if he makes those right adjustments, he has the players to do so. I just, I just see the defense being dominant once again. It's crazy.
2: And the The fact that I'm sorry, go. Oh oh,
3: no, I was just gonna say the story with this defensive line in week one was teamwork makes the dream work. That's it. Listen. Listen to these double team rates uh, for the 49ers defensive line from Week One. Javon Hargrave seventy three point three percent. That's that's the that's, amount of time that he high. was. Yeah, that's very high. That's Eric Garnstead, fifty three point six. Nick Bosa forty three point five. And for context, the most that or his average uh, last season was nineteen point six double team. Wow. <laughs> Drake Jackson twelve point five. Clinton Farrell four point eight. And those last two guys who were barely double teamed, they had pretty good games, right? Really Drake games. Jackson had the three sacks. Clinton yeah. Farrell, by all accounts, had a pretty good game as well. He he almost forced that near uh Fred Warner pick six, right? Because he got to Kenny Pickett there, and he had to make that throw. Uh, But this is just the point. I mean, you kind of have to pick your poison on this defensive line as well. And – Whoever you don't spend the most attention to, it's other guys are going to be effective too. So I think maybe this year you're going to have, or this week you're going to have to respect Drake Jackson a little bit more based on what he was able to do last week. Or who knows, maybe they're they're okay with Drake Jackson, you know, running a little more free, but it might hurt you at the end, right? So that's the you know pick your poison. That's the story of this defensive line.
2: And I think you know we go back to probably my favorite part of the entire off season was first day of free agency. They announced the Javon Hargrave signing and it was just like, okay, I went and watched Philly film and I kept saying like Javon Hargrave is the most double team player on the Philly D line every damn game, every game. And then he comes here and guess what? The same thing rings true. What does that mean? That means the opposing defensive end opposite Bosa is going to have a game and it means both of our linebackers are going to be able to be who they need to be. And we saw that with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw going all over the place, just making good plays. So I hope teams continue to do this. And with the 49ers only committing to a four-man front, not doing that five-man D-line stuff that almost everybody else does, that keeps one more back in coverage, which Mm -hmm. helps the backside. You're doing with four what other teams have to do with five and six. That just gives you extra players on the back end. And that's the philosophy, Chris Kuceric. This is why the Niners' defense is special.
3: And I want to talk really quickly about the run defense because it would appear that preseason run defense is not an indication of regular season run defense, right? It's almost like, you know, you need the starters out there to have a good idea of what it's going to look like. Right? So 49ers allowed just 41 rushing yards on Sunday tied with the bucks for league lowest after week one. Look, it's, it's a couple of things here, right? Partially, they, the Steelers weren't getting anything on the ground when they did try to run, but also they did also abandon the run pretty early because they got down early. So it's it's a twofer on this one. But, you know, the Rams, on the other hand, they they had a pretty good game on the ground as well with Kyron Williams, Cam Akers. So that's something the 49ers will be tested on once again this week. I think the Rams probably do a better job of being balanced as opposed to what the Steelers uh, gave the 49ers um, in week one, but altogether, together, I mean, I think when you have guys like uh, the guys we mentioned on the defensive line and you got the linebackers and Fred Warner and Greenlaw who are just so quick to the ball, let's not forget who Funga as well. I mean, it, it makes it so much easier to have a good run defense. And I think it's something we're going to see all season long for this defense.
2: Yeah. I think, You look at the Steelers, they ran the ball 10 times. They couldn't get a first down. Their first down came in the two-minute warning of the first half. Can't do those things. And so you're going from, and I hate to say this because I usually don't like being this guy, but I think in my personal opinion, one of the worst offensive coordinators in the NFL, Matt Canada, to by far one of the best offensive minds in Sean McVay. And so as much as we can say, same old sorry-ass Rams, and we always tear them up and all that stuff, Sean McVay is incredible. He's an offensive mind. Mike Tomlin I love, but he's not an offensive guy. He's a defensive guy. So, yeah, it, McVay has had offensive success against the 49ers at times, and he, they're going to score points. It's not going to be like this game because McVay can scheme. Uh, Canada cannot, or at least he hasn't yet in the NFL. So, yeah, they're going to be able to establish the run a little bit better, but – we still have the best run defense in the NFL. I don't think that that one's close, and I think that will continue to shine. I know Kyron Williams looked really, really good, uh, but they were not playing against Fred Warner and Trey Greenlaw. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm going to say.
4: Yeah, they're going to be faced with a totally different front, uh, different set of linebackers. Like it's just, it's going to be a different. And when I mean, you know, I was watching the game. And I was watching those guys. I mean, they really weren't doing anything to break out. I mean, a lot – they did – their running backs did score three touchdowns, but it was at the goal line. And so you know how they got there? Big plays, right? And it wasn't from the running backs. It was Stafford making a play or Seattle making a bonehead misplay or whatever like that, and it got them to that situation. Uh, And so I guess we want to really test 49ers' red zone defense because if the Rams get there, they seem to convert very well – uh from the red zone at the goal line and so that that to me is something that we got to pay attention to but here's the thing i don't think the niners run defense let them get there or the pass defense so i'm not too worried about that and again they don't have that big play factor anymore uh cooper cup will not be playing in this game So advantage Niners on finding a way to limit the big plays. They got some young guys they got to take care of, some speedy guys. Will speed be the issue for the 49ers secondary? That's something we got to look into. But I I just feel like on in the run game, I don't think the 49ers are going to be worried. Look, the Rams didn't even rush for 100 yards, (laughs) and so the Niners aren't trying to even give up 50 yards. This is going to be fun to watch.
3: All right, let's let's dive in a little bit more to this matchup. Ooh. And you're looking at Week One NFL tiers. You have the Cowboys, 49ers, um, in you know the top tier, and you have the Packers and the Rams, you know, just on on that cusp of uh tier one there. And so this is actually a little surprising to me, right? Because, oh yes, I I know that the they're playing the Seahawks, and maybe the Seahawks just aren't as good as they were hyped up to be. That is very much possible i would love if that's true but at the same time the rams didn't look like a team that many said would be one of the worst rosters in the NFL. on paper they're probably in the bottom five but they still have you know matthew stafford on offense aaron donald on defense right and sean McVay, who we've been mentioning this entire time and they cooked they cooked Nakua, yes. who is taking over that cup roll early. He had 15 targets, 2-2 Atwell. Both, these are both rookie receivers, by the way. He Atwell was not a slouch either. 25% of the 49ers' drives went from uh, a 3-and-out on Sunday. Do you want to know what the Rams were at?
2: What were they I have no idea.
3: 11% of their drives resulted in a 3-and-out. Lowest in the league in Week 1. That is good. That is very mm-hmm. good. And I know like the Seahawks maybe they're they're bad this year maybe it was just like one of those week 1 weird games slow starts i don't know but in any case like regardless of who they were going up against that's that's really good and they also scored 30 points in this game so definitely something to keep an eye on i think the rams are maybe not as bad as people made them out to be
2: i mean well, they I- go ahead john i i was just going to say it-, it matters who you play against yeah And so, like, I watched that game. It was not a good game. It was sloppy. There's mistakes everywhere. There wasn't, like, any dominating feeling at any point. The Seahawks' defense – I'm sorry, the Rams' defense kind of took over. Uh, Gito Smith just went to straight what we saw Gito Smith the second half of last year. I mean, it was bad. But you look at the 49ers' defensive line. They had eight out of nine linemen that took snaps, score over a 70 grade in PFF. You look at the Seahawks defensive line who the Rams win against. They had zero defensive linemen finish 70. Like we had eight. They had zero. Might be one of the worst defensive lines in the NFL that the Seahawks have this year. And so the Rams could do whatever they wanted to do. That's not going to happen this week. Now, are the Rams better than we thought they were? Sure. You got to give it to them. And when Stafford looks like that and he gets protected, and he doesn't get hit. Good things are going to happen. But I think that this was much more against the Seahawks than I think it was a pro for the Rams. And maybe I'm just a hater, but I don't know, Wayne. You watched the game several times. Did you at any point feel like, dang, these Rams are good?
4: I think that's why I had to watch the game several times because I'm trying to figure (laughs) out how they put up the 31 points, right? Like, how did they score – the way they did and they got to the goal line and it was the lack of seattle's defense which was probably gassed at some point in this game they just kept kept giving up play after play and you know you can chalk it up to sean McVay being that mind that you talked about there was a trick play here or there seattle capitalized off the trick play they weren't they weren't like surprised by it they were ready for it shout out to uh what his name kobe Bryant. he was ready for that trick play but at the end of the day like it just didn't they couldn't sustain Keeping the Rams from scoring, and so like why I'm not worried about that i I think our defense is light years ahead of Seattle's defense, and our defenses still should be even though. Statistically, they're not number one in every category. They look like they're the number one defense. I understand what Dallas did and and got them two touchdowns on the, you know, special teams of defense, however you want to call it. I, I get it. I get it. But the Niners sustainably, I mean, if you go back to the Niners game against the Steelers, they literally were pitching a shutout until a a boo boo. And then after the boo boo, there was another boo boo. And after that boo boo, they even they almost kept them out of end zone again. It was just like, damn, this defense is really that good. I really feel like the Niners defense will show everybody who the Rams really are.
3: Yeah, I, I did catch glimpses of the game. I was watching out on red zone, so I didn't, you know, I watched it in its entirety. So I needed to do that. Um, but I just wanna share some of the offensive line uh
4: I'm gonna have to start paying Steph to get stats for my show. This She's is this is ridiculous, man. show. Like I I'm sitting here I, saying, "Oh my gosh!" I was, like
3: I, I was just telling Don like before we went live, I was like, "Man, this stuff is so much work." But man, it's, you do it a it has different, different woof,
4: You hit us with good. a different angle. I love this it. This
3: is what we're gonna do every Wednesday. I mean, oh. like by Wednesday, we have plenty of stats from Sunday that I could put together and like talk about them. And it's very interesting to me to like look at stats and all this stuff. So. Uh, Rams offensive line allowed five pressures on Sunday on 41 dropbacks, um, and it has gone through a lot of changes in the last three times that the 49ers have played them. Their tackles, No Boom and Havenstein are the mainstays, although No Boom was at right guard in week one. Their rookie, uh, Steve Avila, he was pretty good. Um, again, like we talk about the fact that the Seahawks, their pass rush was non-existent. So that could play a factor in it as well. Avila is going to have a pretty, uh, tough matchup in this one. So he might have a welcome to the NFL moment, but as we do know, if you're not able to get pressure on Matthew Stafford, he's able to cook you as you see on the right, what he was able to do, how efficient he was down the field. So, Again, I agree with you guys. I think the 49ers pass rush is a different kind of beast, and they're going to have different problems in this game, um, which will result in what we've seen in the past and, and how we've seen Matthew Stafford look against this 49ers defense. And how how we said, there's a potential that even after all this worry with the defensive line and, oh, who is going to be opposite Bosa, there's, there's potential that this defensive line is better than – last year right so we might see it in this game yeah I mean we might see it in this game and if they're able to put pressure on Stafford it should be a very tough day for the Rams offense
4: can I just add that Matthew Stafford in his football career has only beaten the 49ers once he's played us eight times and he's only beaten the 49ers once which means he hasn't beaten the 49ers since he's been a Ram you know why
2: uh, that one time
4: right that well one time. the the playoff game yeah but yeah. my point my point is during this regular season stuff it's just not gonna probably work out for him not against <laughs> the 49ers <laughs> not against the 49ers and so like that that's interesting right because i wanted to see like how how does he play against the niners I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get his throwing yards and a lot of it's probably gonna come down to if they're if the Niners are blowing them out and beating them with a sustainable lead, he's gonna to have to throw the ball. Like they're gonna to have to abandon the run, which will keep the rushing yards down. It's gonna elevate some of those passing yards. Niners will play over top coverage, give up the underneath stuff, blah, 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 keep my end zone, boom, 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 whatever. You know, but he just can't beat the 49ers. It doesn't matter which team he's on we if you go to that playoff game you i know people don't want to go yeah. back to it but i mean Stafford didn't have the best game against the niners then either it's just that his team somehow found a way to be victorious i would say due to the 49ers making boo-boos and so look i i just i'm just not worried about the great matthew stafford he's great against other teams in the nfl he knows how to take advantage of it he is a veteran he does have that quarterback's wit i give him that but he's about to play against a team that he sees he's seen over the last couple of years several times, and he just can't figure it out.
2: You're yeah, not wrong.
3: Expect... No, sorry. Go ahead, John.
2: I, I'm I'm just saying. Shoot, I I want to like his comment. I don't know how to do that audibly. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I expect Bosa to have a full share of snaps in week two. He's getting a uh, one. He's, he's getting two, two sacks guys... in this
4: game. I can tell you that right now.
3: The last five times he's played uh, thank you, Steph. the Rams, six I was and a half this, sacks, I was waiting. 32 total pressures. Yeah. So I expect him to have a good game. And if he doesn't, it'll be because they're double teaming him. They're putting extra attention on him. which That won't me, even matter
4: to Steph. That won't we, even matter. <laughs>
3: said, they, you, they can double team they him can all du- they
4: want. I'm only saying that because <laughs> now Bosa is back at practice for a full week. And I want people to understand now he's practicing. And since he's practicing, now he's going to play play. And so, like, it was, a, it was a big difference putting him on a, a pitch count, 30 to 40 snaps, which I think he finished with 35 snaps. That was different. And I, and I know people want like, oh, he got pancaked by the rookie tight end. Oh, well, it happens. But I tell you what, his his presence was effective because, like you said, other people were able to feast. And I think Bosa being back, he's getting two sacks in this game.
3: All right. Who who wants to take that? Over or under? <laughs> two sacks. <laughs> I think uh, – I hate over unders because I'm like, what Me if, what if I, don't, I think it is two sacks? Like it's not. Then over you push.
4: push. Just, then you push. You okay. push.
3: I, I'm pushing. I'm pushing. I think, All right, you push. I think two sacks is uh, reasonable for Bosa in this one. And, the last
4: away you know, game, he had one and a half. So I, I will put that there. He had a one and a half sacks the last time was it October 31st. Uh, he had one and a half sacks in that game. So I'm going with two. Yeah. All
2: right. I like I it.
4: I like it.
3: Well, how are you guys feeling about this game? You guys are going to be in the building. you expecting a lot of 49er fans there, right?
4: Levi South? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, Levi it's going to be
3: It's the home opener. What are we talking about? This is the That's home right, opener man. for the 49ers.
2: <laughs> I love it. That Sadly, I don't get to make this one. I'm not going to be able to be out there. Wow. Uh, kiddo's got a game, uh, which I'm super excited about. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm not going to be able to be down there. You know, I've lived in L.A. for the past, like, seven years. So I, I've been to all the games down there, and I love it. Um, and so I hate that I'm not going to be there, but I know that our family's going to represent. The chapters down there do a great job. Uh They're, they're going to be there, which is awesome, but, man, I really do think that the fan base makes such a big difference at yes, different does. parts of the game, and whenever you're there and you see the 49ers bench turn around and be like, what the hell? And we do it all the time. Like, it's just, it's just a bonus. It's just an extra... You know, that third quarter, that fourth quarter that, you know, it's just demoralizing. And you see the Steelers fans, the Rams fans, if they existed, like you see them just sit down and be deflated. Um, but, yeah, there's Rams fans. They won the Super Bowl and I lived in L.A. and I still didn't see a Rams hat. It was non-existent. They, 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 they're they, not going to <laughs> be there. No. And, and look,
4: the Niners, the faithful, they know how to take over state. They know how to take over a yeah. city. Never mind a stadium. They know how to take over a city, which is scary, but that's how well they travel. I'm with John. I won't be there this weekend, uh, um, but I will be there at the week of the Cowboys game, so I can't wait for that. Me week too. five. Yes. It's going to be a great we gotta week. Link. We got to link yeah, up. Absolutely. But look, the Niners are going to go into Levi South. They're not going to take the Rams lightly. They're going to come in very prepared. You know what the Niners have going for them right now? Health. <laughs> like health is key. And they're going in there very healthy. A couple of dings or whatever or whatnot, we did see Trent Williams go down, come right back in the game, uh, set the edge for a Christian McCaffrey, block run to the outside uh, for a five- to six-yard gain right after he came out of the game, came back, came back into the game. So, like, the Niners are just going to go down there and play Niner football. And I, I will say this, be prepared for anything. October 31st. Uh, or October 30, whatever that date was, 2022, we saw the trifecta. I don't know what comes after Ooh. the number three with that crazy word, trifecta. <laughs> is it a quadfectra or whatever? I don't know. That means Christian McCaffrey might have to score scoring on a special teams play or something. But listen, we watched them throw for a touchdown. We watched him catch a touchdown. And we watched them rush a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey is going to probably be the X factor in this game. Uh, and the Rams are going to have to try to really find a way to stop him. They couldn't stop him before. I don't expect them to stop him again. Kyle Shanahan's going to find ways to get in his bag. I think Kyle is more prepared for Sean McVay than Sean McVay is prepared for Kyle. I really think it comes down to that. Uh, I think the players know how how deep this game is, is a divisional game. And so with that, I feel like mentally, they're going to get into the minds of the Rams. So this is going to be a really fun game to watch uh, and, and expect the 49ers to dominate again.
3: Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, <clears throat> but guys, that's the show for today. As always, <laughs> be sure to like and subscribe, not just on my channel, but John and Wayne's as well. Um, if you want to show three times of love, the link to their channels are in the description of my video. Audio listeners, make sure you follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Drop a review if you're feeling so kind. But for now, have a good rest of your Wednesday, folks. Peace.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand.